Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your truth, your word. We thank you for your kingdom, Lord Father. Father, we thank you that you thought enough about us to send someone delivering such a a message to us that will truly set us free. Father, we thank you because only you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Father, we thank you because it's only in you that we can see the truth, that we can know the truth and know your will and what it is for us. Father, Jesus, your son, said that he would give us another comforter, another comforter meaning he was the first comforter. And we thank you, Lord God, because that comforter will lead and guide us to all truths. Father, we thank you because in your word it tells us about everything that we need, that we can overcome the sins of this world and overcome the worlds of ourselves. Father, we thank you, Lord, because we love you and we honor you, and we ask that you be our God. Lord, for 400 years, man has walked away from God, and then you, you, you walked away from them because they couldn't hear you. But then you sent someone bearing the message that you have brought to us from the beginning of the world, that we may truly hear what it is that you're trying to say to us. Lord, we ask we allow your Holy Spirit that it comes to us and leads us to this truth, Lord Father, that we walk in this truth, that we understand this truth, Lord Father, and we know that, Lord God, that we are here to do your will. Father, we'll stay in your will. We thank you for everything, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord, for our sins. Forgive us, Lord, for the sins that we may have not have known that we committed against you, and forgive us, Lord Father, for the ones that we do. Father, we don't want to walk in error any longer. And we ask that you send your spirit to lead and guide us and come to us through all truths in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I want to welcome you uh, to Kingdom Awareness Radio. I'm your host and Bible teacher for today, Pastor Mark Fields. And I want to ask that you just sit down and relax and, and get a paper and pencil and, and start to uh, with me, unfold the word of God um, and what his Holy Spirit is truly saying to us. I found some things that's in the Bible here that I know um, a lot of us overlook and we miss and we we we, we don't want to see it or don't see it or we've been taught wrong. We've just been taught plain straight wrong. And there's a whole lot of scriptures in the Bible that's dealing with the Holy Spirit. And even though that we believe sometimes that the Holy Spirit only came at the beginning of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came to the disciples, but yet the Holy Spirit was in in the beginning. The Holy Spirit is the creator. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, is everything. It, it It is what we need and what God says today that we truly are, light. It's truly things that God has shown us, that given us, that has people walking away from God. Have us not really understanding what it is and what it means. You know, I'm going to start with just a, a simple scripture that we all for, are familiar with, and it's John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50. Jesus said, For I have not spoken to myself. But the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment. What should I say and what should I speak? And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whosoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said it unto me, so I speak. 
he's talking about giving something to us. He's talking about um, doing what, what God told him to do, which we always know. My favorite scripture is because it just amazes me. Well, when he said in Luke 4:43 that he must preach the kingdom of God to other cities because that's why he was sent. Now, if Jesus was sent to preach this message, he said in John that he didn't bring something speaking of himself, but yet he came because he was commanded to do something. Now, we all know we're going to read script. We can read scripture after scripture um, telling us that uh, Jesus commanded us to go and preach, saying this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or go preach, saying this, the kingdom of God is within you. Repent and believe. Now, we take that for granted. I think, I think now I'm not saying everybody, but I think that some of us take that for granted. I never knew what apostasy really was and, 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 and when it came to grieving the Holy Spirit, um, except for the scriptures that I've read over the past, uh, over the past weeks, week and a half. And I read, and even in Isaiah chapter 55, 8 through 9, it says, God says, so my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, but as the heavens are higher than earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. The Bible provides a consistent record of that over and over and over again. But now I realize something about blasphemy of the Holy, Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people say, if you say, oh, my God, they'll tell you, hey, don't, don't blaspheme the, the word of God. Don't, don't say that. You know, but, but apostasy is something totally different than what it is when it comes to grieving the Holy Spirit. But when we first look at, and understand what exactly is the role of the Holy Spirit, we can go to John. You can read the whole John. I was listening to John, the whole thing of John. It takes about an hour. If you go to um, YouTube and, and type in um, the book of John, a dramatized King James Version, and you'll hear where it breaks down the narrative parts versus the parts that Jesus said. It is very enlightening. i put it that way, very enlightening. But one part in John 16, um, John chapter uh, 16, verses 7 through 11 Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, and if you translate helper or comforter, it means advocate. That means someone is acting on your behalf. And we know how to say the Bible says that the spirit groans with, with utterance and moans um, that we don't even know. Now, a lot of people think that that was the oh and oohs and ahs that you're saying in church, but if you read scriptures, that's not what that is. Sometimes you don't even know what to pray. I know for myself, sometimes you can't even open your mouth to pray. Not that you don't want to, it's just that sometimes you don't want to keep being vain in your repetitions. You don't, you, you're starting to understand that you don't just ask God for something. And it is only by this gift of the Holy Spirit that acts as an advocate for us. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And that gift came bringing gifts. Oh, this is good. And he said that it's my advantage if, if I go away. He said, because if I don't go away, the helper is not going to come to you. I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world. i got to stop right there concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Who is he going to convict? Is he going to convict the believer, or is he going to convict the world? 
Now we know through the parables, um, we know what the the field is. The field is the world. It's it's, it's the, the 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 unsaved populace of the world of the earth rather. We know that that's through Jesus. Um, teachings, and we're not going to get into that because those are in the parables, and we're talking about what is the Holy Spirit. So, so the Holy Spirit, He will come convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment because they do not believe in Me concerning righteousness. That's what Jesus said. You know why they didn't believe in Him? That He knew that they didn't believe because they was ready to crucify Him. That's why he knew that they didn't believe he was who he said he was. Now, now concerning the scripture where Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, we have taken that to mean that Jesus was saying that the Holy Spirit is in all of us, which is true. It is true that he, it is. But he was saying that the kingdom of God is in your midst and you can't even see it. Daniel spoke about it. Isaiah spoke about it. Um, in the beginning, when, when we're going to get into that part, um, in the beginning, God's spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. Now, now I had a conversation with somebody. It was a great conversation, and we've had this conversation before, that a living being cannot close his eyes and imagine death. It's impossible. It is impossible. I, you can test it if you want. You can just close your eyes and just... Try to imagine death. Try to imagine yourself death, dead. You can't do it. You'll have images of what was placed there, like a coffin, a church, a uh, preaching. But, but for you as a living being to imagine yourself as void, as nothing, as non-existent, you can't do it. It's impossible. The, the, the thing that we think of as death is dark. Death is not dark, it is non-existent. But Jesus said in the scripture we just led, uh, read that, that these, this, this spirit or this helper is going to lead us to all righteousness for everlasting life. Now everlasting life can't take place until this life has ended. Oh, this is good, oh, this is good. But it says concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, now we're going to read some more about John. We're going to read some more in John that, 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 that gives us a, a, a revelation into exactly what is the Holy Spirit and what is his role today. See, when we diminish the role of the Holy Spirit, we think that the Holy Spirit leads us to the music and the songs and, and all these things. But the question that I have to ask you is if the Holy Spirit comes to lead us and guides us to all truth, then what's the truth in that? I'm not saying that you can't have inspiration, but my question is, what is the truth and dancing at church, not saying that you can't feel good about God and, and, and you get this feeling and, and, and it moves you and, and things like that. I'm not saying that, but we're talking about what is the Holy Spirit. Now, when we're talking about what is the Holy Spirit, you have to actually ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding you to? So that's what we're, that's what we're, we're working on today. Because that's what we have to work on. We have to understand what does it lead us into speaking when it comes to the truth, which is in John 
uh, again, 16 and 13. It says, and, and you can back up a little bit, it says, However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever shall hear, he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. He will declare things to come. He will proclaim things to come, or however that, that you want to break it down, of things to come. Now, now it's very interesting that, that when we just read about the Holy Spirit and when it leads and guides us to all truth, um, that Jesus also made the statement um, that he said that I, I, I'm not coming saying what I said. I'm only coming what God told me to say. See, and there's warnings that Jesus told us about the Holy Spirit. There are things about the Holy Spirit that we need to know and we need to understand. When it comes to Holy Spirit, when it comes to having the Holy Spirit, when it comes to what is the Holy Spirit. Now, we have reduced the Holy Spirit to a feeling, to a force, something that comes in and leaves based off the scriptures in the Bible that tells us that the Holy Spirit came unto the disciples like a mighty rushing wind and things like that. So then, therefore, we believe that the Holy Spirit is this force that comes in and, and, and does these things. But we never grasp that Jesus said, I'm going to give you another comforter. Another. Another. When you start to look at another, it means that there was one first there. There was, there was one there before him. That was there that Jesus said that I'm going to send you another comforter in Second Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I, I, you should turn there. You really should turn there because that, that is going to give us an insight into this word, another comforter. When you look at the word another, it means that this is not the only one. There is another one. Another comforter, that means that there is another thing that I'm sending you. I'm sending you another comforter. So that means that there was a comforter here already, right? That, that's what that means? Who is the first comforter? John 14 and 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another helper, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. John 7 and, and, and 39, he was speaking about the Spirit whom those believed in him were later to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So it wasn't until Jesus was glorified, like the Bible says that Jesus' death glorified the Son because of the, he did the will of the Father. John 15, uh, 14, 26. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you and remind you of everything I have told you. 
That's why I went back to the scriptures and had to look at John 12, 49 and 50, when Jesus said, I have not spoken of myself, but of the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say, what I should speak, and I know that his commandments is everlasting life. Wherefore I speak thereof, even as the Father spake unto me, so I speak. Now it says, the commandment is, his commandment is everlasting life. His commandment was a reconnection. His commandments was a reconciliation. His commandment was to get us back in right standings with him. You know, I read something that was uh, um, pretty, pretty amazing, and, and, and I, I pondered on it and I thought about it for a long time because it made sense to me what, what the guy was saying. And what he posted was, there are 613 things you must do to live right before God. All of them point to love. But since when was the truth offensive to believers? But he said here are 613 things we must do to live right before God. And the only thing that he posted was the word love. And I thought about that because I do realize, and we studied this before, that there are uh, 613 commandments. There are 613, not just 10. But even in these 613, even in the 10, even in when Jesus said, I came to fulfill, not destroy the law, I understand what he was talking about. I understand what he was talking about. Because we we get into an argument or debate about these laws that we still supposed to hold true today, these, these, well, not the sacrificial part, but this other part we should do. But then that's the denying that Jesus came to fulfill the law with that one word, love. Every sacrifice that was pointed was pointed directly back toward God. It wasn't a superficial view like we hold today and like the Pharisees hold. They, Jesus said, you watch the outside of the cup, but, but the inside of the cup is just nasty, it's dirty. Because those are the rituals that we still perform today. We got a bunch of rituals we do today. But yet we still live in a body of sin. See, we don't get to understand the fact that the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us to all truth lets you know that you understand, let you believe, let you have faith knowing that God is the only true God, Jesus is the Son of God, and he sent his Spirit to help create in you new life. Not old life, new life. See, we know old life. Oh, you got to catch this. We know old life. Old life is, is money. Old life is houses. Old life is cars. Old life is riches. Old life is all these things that we've been doing since we were born. Getting money, working, saving, buying things. So, so that means that this spirit of truth is not leading and guiding us to our old life. That's a superficial view. That's a superficial view. See, the Holy Spirit is an advocate, a helper, another comforter. That means that Jesus was the first helper, and for him 
to appoint another helper to speak the same things that Jesus spoke, that means that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you to the truth about the message that Jesus brought. Luke 4.43, I must preach the kingdom of God, that's why I was sent. But what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a, a royal ruler, citizens, laws, and a government. Remember in Isaiah, a government would be on the shoulder. He shall be called mighty, counselor, the prince of peace, everlasting father, and all those things that Jesus was described as. He said a government was on his shoulder. But we don't want to see government because our understanding of government is what we see today. In an old life, he's not a movement. He's not a dance partner, choreographer. He was here in the beginning. He is the spirit of God. He is a creator. He is a counselor. He's a helper. He inspires scriptures. Translate helper in the Greek is parkaleos, which means it has a legal definition, which is a person that acts on the behalf of another. Acts on the behalf of another. When it talks about the Holy Spirit, even when it comes to you preaching, even when it comes to you teaching, like in Matthew chapter 10, verse 20, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your fathers speaking through you. Jesus said, the Father and I are one. You remember when Jesus got mad at Philip, and Philip said, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus looked at Philip like, you stuck on stupid? I've been showing you the Father. You can't see him, then you can't see me. Because I and the Father are one. Jesus said, just like it came to us, that even as I and the Father are one, you and I are one. That didn't make us Jesus. That made us all in the same spirit. Here it is right here. It says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 8, it says, For to one is given by the spirit of the word of wisdom, to another word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the work of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these work is that one same self-spirit, dividing to end every man as he sees with fit, as he wants to. So that means that everybody is not going to possess the same gift if the Spirit decides to give that gift to you. Let me tell you something deep before we go back to the beginning. I want to share something with you. Now watch this. It's concerning Jesus Christ, his birth, through Mary. I know a friend of mine uh, was talking, me and Antonio was talking about that, how it is so deep that the Holy Spirit is, is, is what you call neutered or, or he, he, he's, he's genderless. 
He's not male nor female. Even though when I say he, I'm not describing a, uh, uh, um, I'm not describing a sex. I'm not describing a sex. Just like in Latin, you can call, um, if you look at the Latin word for book, it means he. It's a masculine noun. It's he, but you wouldn't go say, I'm going to go pick that book up and read him. There's no gender in a book. So when I describe he, I'm not describing a sex. Because when Mary um, was, Jesus was conceived, he was conceived by the Spirit. But it was only because Mary, through that spirit, was even able to conceive Jesus Christ. She carried Jesus Christ. She, she nurtured Jesus Christ. But it was all done through the spirit. Why? Why? Why did that happen? Why was Jesus born, um, had to be born that way? Why was Jesus born that way? Why why did Mary could not just get pregnant with Joseph and, and then God ordain this person, baptize this person with the Holy Ghost and, and drive him into the wilderness and, and make this person? Or why couldn't couldn't Jesus be like the old people in the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit came and fell on them and then they did these great things? But it didn't abide with them. That's scripture. So so why, why isn't that? Because Jesus had to be totally without sin, even the sin of coming into the world like Adam and Eve destroyed in the beginning. Then God cursed Eve and said that, you, you, that you, because of what you did, you're going to bring forth children in sin. Jesus couldn't be born that way. Oh, this is good stuff. Jesus couldn't be born that way. And it, it, this shows us what the Holy Spirit is and what the function is of the Holy Spirit and what it is not. See, I don't want to be the bad guy that comes and says, you know, hey, guys, you know, all of that, that foolishness that we do in church is not a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a move of you're feeling good about Christ, which is nothing wrong with that. You can feel good about Christ. But when you look at when it happens a lot of times, it's always accompanied by music. Do you get that same feeling outside the church? Do you do the same thing? If you was in a business meeting and you feel the Spirit telling you, look out for these people because they're snakes, would you get up, ho, how, hallelujah, hey, would you get up and do that? No. You'd be wise. The Holy Spirit told you something. But we reduce the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit yields conviction for the sin for the world, conversion, repentance, and then sanctification of the body of us to make us the sons of God. Now, now it's interesting that it is so amazing to me when I read the Bible now, understanding in light of the kingdom of God. Now watch this. John the Baptist preached about the coming of Jesus Christ. The coming of somebody else. Jesus didn't preach about Jesus. He preached about the kingdom of God, the will of God. How that now these laws... 
that were written for the unrighteous, because the Bible says that, that the laws, as a matter of fact, i got to pull that up, because somebody might not believe that that's what it says. So I'm going to pull that up real quick. The scripture tells us in 1 Timothy and in Romans 2 and 12, but we're going to go to 1 Timothy uh, uh, 1 and 9. We're talking about the laws, and it's not talking about, oh, just those laws. Oh, no, no, just these laws. No, and I'm going to tell you why, though. See, that's the deal. I'm going to tell you why that this is like this. Back it up with another scripture. It says, knowing this, but what is it knowing? It says, but we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. The law is good if a man use it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murders of fathers and murders of mothers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. This is good stuff. Now let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let's look at it this way. Jesus talked about agriculture because it was something they understood. I'm going to talk about traffic because it's something we understand. Now, if there's a posted speed limit on the interstate that says 70 miles an hour, and we're driving 65, we're driving 70, we're driving 68, should we worry about the police with the radar gun? No, because we're doing what the law says. We don't have to see it posted for me to know that I'm speeding. I know that 90 is not the speed limit. I know that 80 is not the speed limit. So because I'm going that fast, I have to look out for the law. Oh, you're not hearing this. So when this this Holy Spirit that God gave us from the beginning, that created and hovered over the face of the deep, and God said and he breathed life, a spirit. Oh, my God, this is good stuff. God gave his spirit to man. Now, this spirit is one that makes us breathe. It was a connection with God. It was the spirit of God. Looking at the first verse where it said that the earth was void and the spirit of God hung on the face of the deep, can you look at a void dirt? that God breathed life into and gave him everlasting life, right there from Jump Street. Adam and Eve did not lose everlasting life with God until after they sinned. And then God said, guess what? You knew that you could eat from any tree except this one. Now, in the midst of the garden, there was two trees. 
knowledge of good and evil, and one that had everlasting life. Now, if they chose to eat from the tree which possessed God's spirit, oh, this is good. This is good because guess what? Oh, never mind. We got to wait. I got to wait. Wind it back. They were to live forever with God. Now, concerning sin, it's willful. Unless you don't know it's sin. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, no. Nope. Mm-mm. You know what's wrong. You know wrong is wrong. But this message in Timothy, First um, Timothy 1 and 11, it says, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, this gospel, this gospel, this gospel, that Jesus said in Luke 4, 43, that I must preach this gospel because that's what I was sent. Uh, he stood in front of the scribes and the Pharisees and, and all the people that was about to condemn him, and he said, the kingdom of God is in your midst. But not understanding that, not understanding or studying out what, in fact, is the kingdom of God, your messages will be the same. It will be to keep people happy. It will make people feel good. They'll get something out of it, of course, but then only unless the Spirit of God is there and you're preaching to sinners, they won't get it. Now watch this. If everybody in our church is a body of believers, what the church is supposed to be, a body of believers, a body of believers, a body of believers, then what I am teaching them, they already should know. What I'm teaching a believer should be your spirit should bear witness going, you know what, that's it, that's it right there. John fourteen twenty six says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, because I'm glorifying God, and I glor- the Son is glorified when he dies, and he's going to send you and he's going to teach you all things and bring to remembrance what I told you. Now look at what we do today. Is that what Jesus told us? If you look back in the Bible, can you find anywhere where we do what we do today? Well, that's what Scripture says. He said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities. Did you realize that John came before Jesus and the Holy Spirit came after Jesus, both preaching about Jesus? But Jesus didn't preach about Jesus. They couldn't see what was hidden. They couldn't see what was hidden. You know, I read something in, uh, uh, in Kings. I read something in Kings, and I really got to read this to you because it's kind of like what we think about today. And this is in Kings, and this is Elijah. And Elijah uh, um, was by himself, and he says this, 1 Kings 18 and 20. Now I want you to listen to this. Because this is what happens when we we, 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 we we feel that the Holy Ghost came and did his thing in church today. 
he showed up and showed out. Now, I'm not telling you, I'm not saying anything about people that get excited for God, but I'm telling people that what you have to see and start understanding is what, in fact, is the operation of the Holy Ghost, and you can't say things about the Holy Ghost then don't think that it has any consequences, because we're going to read those in a minute also. First Kings, it says, So Ahab sent all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount uh, Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long have, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if it be law, then follow him. And the people answered nothing. They didn't say a word. Then Elijah said unto the people, I, even I only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. There are 450 of you guys running around, acting crazy, falling out because of Baal. He says, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them, therefore, give to us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, cut it into pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under it, and I will dress, think about the fire, think about the fire, um, and I will dress the other bullock, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. And you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people had said, it's well spoken, we're going to do this. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose you one bullet for yourself and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, and put no fire under it. And they took the bullet that was given to them, they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon, saying, Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar where it was made. And, and, they were, they, they, and, and Elijah, and it became to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is God. He is neither talking nor is he pursuing or is he on a journey or, or, or pre-adventure or sleeping or maybe saved? So they cried. They were dancing. And they cut themselves with knives until the blood poured out. And when it came to pass, midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. And there was neither a voice near to answer nor nothing that it ever regarded. And Elijah said, the people, come over here with me. And the people came near to him. He repaired the altar. That was broken down because they were dancing on top of it. They were shouting and all kind of stuff, trying to get this God to answer them. Oh, come on. Oh, this is good stuff. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel, set be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as his grape would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bullock into pieces, and laid it on the wood, filled four barrels with water, and poured it on to the burnt sacrifice, on, and on the wood, and said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, do it a third time. 
and they did it a third time. And the water ran all out the altar and filled the trench with water. And it came past at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice in the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. They worshiped God. They fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Hmm. All the shouting, all the dancing, and everything was trying to provoke their God to respond. They were trying to provoke their God to respond. But Elijah's sacrifice and his offering, it worked because it was to prove God. It wasn't to prove man. It had the spirit of God. Oh, come on, this is good stuff. It wasn't to prove that man had the spirit of God. It was to prove that God was real. Let's get down into speaking in tongues real quick. The Bible says that tongues is a gift, but it's a language that you don't know, and it's spoken to people who know that language so that they may believe that what you're saying is coming from God. That's why Paul, when he was talking to the church of Corinth, he said, I would rather you all prophecy than speak in tongues. I speak in tongues more than you all. You know why? Because Paul traveled. Paul went to places, Greece, Mesopotamia, Ethiopia. Paul went around the world preaching the kingdom of God, and he didn't speak every language of the places that he went. So the Holy Spirit blessed him with the gift of speaking in tongues so that when he would preach the kingdom of God, they heard the kingdom of God in their own language and believed because remember the guy said, what manner of drunkenness is this? How can these people be speaking our language? The Holy Spirit. But we reduced it, we reduced it, we reduced it. We reduced it. We reduced it to a religious practice, a learned behavior. But this is what scripture says. I'm not saying this. So the importance of understanding the gift of the Holy Ghost, you've got to understand the kingdom of God. You've got to stop what you're doing now 
turn away from that, go back to the books again, learn what the kingdom of God is, study what the kingdom of God is, look for every verse where Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, and then guess what's going to end up happening? When you start reading in places like with Jonah, Niev, you start looking at Noah, you start looking at Cain and Abel, you start looking at Samson, you start looking at Esau and Jacob, what you're going to see is a pattern displaying the kingdom of God. You're not going to see just a story anymore. You're going to see a comparison. Just like with Esau and Jacob, one of them sold his birthright. Goes back to Adam who sold his birthright, which comes back up to where Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. And, and in a parable, he talked about a son who sold his birthright. Woo, this is good. So, 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 so all of these things, the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to you the remembrance of what Jesus Christ said. And Jesus always went back to the scriptures. He said, isn't it written? Isn't it written here? It didn't it say it here? Doesn't this say this? He went back to the Old Testament and then the kingdom um, to bring to our remembrance what was written and what God said. But we reduced it to a book of stories. The Holy Spirit. The one thing that is concerned with all things God. Oh, this is good. It gives you gifts concerning all things God. Jesus performed miracles to prove God. Oh, this is good. But we take it and build a ministry on it, and people don't see God. They see us. Look at that blessed man right there with all those spiritual gifts. Look at him. Heal the sick. Look at him do this. But they're not doing it. I even watched a, a video. It was, I was laughing at it. It was just it was hilarious. And I'm sure you guys watch some things too. But now when it comes to speaking the truth about the scriptures, why do we get mad at somebody that tells us the truth? I'm not talking about what you like or don't like about that person. I'm talking about all things God. You wouldn't tell Jesus, Jesus, don't say nothing about the scribes and Pharisees because, you know, you don't want to offend them. But yet now when we talk about the scribes and Pharisees and false prophets in the church, people don't want to, we don't want to judge that. We tell people, don't say that, just love. That's not what the scriptures say. The scripture says you cannot defile the temple of God. That's why Jesus, look at this, lining up, go back and he drove all the, the, the money changes and all that crookedness out of the temple. The Holy Spirit told us to do the faithful service of God. The truth. Now, since the truth is what the Holy Spirit concerns itself with, what have we reduced it to? Our concept of the Holy Ghost in many churches today is the learned faith act of vanity, showmanship for the masses to prove your existence or having power of an existence. It's a learned behavior. What did you what truth did you learn when you caught the Holy Ghost? What truth did you learn? What truth was the Holy Ghost speaking to you about things to come that didn't concern you? About you getting money, you getting a house, you getting a new job, you getting married, you getting, 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 
Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to tell you the things that I said. And if I came to preach the kingdom of God, I'm, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you of these things, and he's going to empower you to preach the same message. Truth can cause pleasure or truth can cause pain. That does not mean that it's not true because the truth is going to produce more truths. Oh, I got to end this. I got to end this because it, it, I've, I've gone for a long time because this is a whole lot. But we we definitely going to talk about um, next week, uh, um, Thursday, God wills, that we talk about um, what it means to grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm going to touch, give you a brief um, a synopsis of what that is. Through scriptures now, I, I, I'm not giving you something that I said. I'm giving you something that the scriptures say about what it means to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. In Matthew chapter 12, 13, uh, chapter 12, verse 31, it says, Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. That's what it says. Now, when it comes to that, we're understanding blasphemy. We don't talk about much about blasphemy um, in, in our day because we have little concern for the things of God. There are two different uh, roots of the word blasphemy. One means it's inju- injurious speaking. Injurious speaking is what translates from blasphemy. Speaking, writing that causes injury or causes something. Now, now, in, in uh, what is it, Ezekiel, I think it was, we just read that last week. In Ezekiel, he talked about how the blood is on your hands. If you see uh, the swordman coming and you say nothing and that person gets killed, it's not counted to that person, it's counted to you. So if you see some of these things going on and you don't say anything and you see a whole body of people getting injured that's dying and perishing and you said nothing, you're not following what the Holy Ghost said. Now, in the the words of Jesus, it makes the consequences plain about blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus said... You can talk about me, you can kill me, you can say bad things about me, you can say bad things about God. I didn't catch that, you got to read these scriptures. But he said when it comes to the Holy Ghost, if you say something bad that he tells you about a truth or that you have came to the truth and you turned away, after you knew it was truth, you are blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Now let me tell you why that is. Because you knew the truth. You knew the truth. Now Jesus said about all these things and these warnings in Philippians chapter 2 and 7. We write some of these down. We're going to talk about these next week. Um, Philippians 2 and 7, Matthew 16 and 17, uh, uh, Matthew 12, 22, Mark uh, 3 and 29. John 3, 1 and 2, Matthew 12, 14, 1 Corinthians 2 and 8. But now you have to understand what qualifies this to be an impossible sin that that, uh, uh, that Jesus is talking about that's impardonable. Now let me read it for you. I do want to read this one. It's Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 and 8. 4 through 8. 
for it is impossible for those. See, we got to. See, you got to. That's why you got mm, Let me just read it. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened to have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, comma, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open chain. That's what happens. You hear the word of truth, you look at the scripture, your, your, your spirit bears witness to it, and you reject it and turn away. You put the Son of God to an open shame. It says, verse 7, For the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it's cultivated receive blessings from God. But if it bears thorns, and briars, it is rejected, and there to being cursed, whose end is to be burned. So what does it mean to fall away? If they fall away to renew them again in repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. This is not a normal Greek word where it talks about apostasy. It's not the same thing. It means to 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 forsake it, to 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 leave it. It, it means that that okay. I know that the Bible says that godliness is not gain. Oh my God, this is good stuff. I know that this is what the scriptures say. I've been taught that this is what the scriptures say, and the Bible even tells us that if anybody's preaching godliness is gain, stay away from those people. The Bible tells us to judge those that are within the body. Let God judge those that are without. But we fail to judge those people within. We fail to speak against the the, the, the apostasy that's going on in, in these 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 Lacedonian churches all over the world, which we're going to talk about it again in Revelation chapter two. About when he, he, he addressed all the churches He talked about this falling away He talked about this falling away And said that you need to return to your first love So that's the encouragement that I'm giving everybody today Is return to your first love Somewhere along the way We went off track Because we started seeking man Instead of seeking God Not everybody And this is generality but when you start to seek God, you see less of yourself. You see less of, of, of the need for these money-making things that people do. And if you've got somebody that you know that's preaching godliness is gain, the Bible, the scriptures say stay away from these people. Because what they're doing, they're having you chasing greed, lust. The same lust. Oh, my God, i got to say this. You know, Eve was tempted with three sins. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And she failed. She chose to eat of the fruit. Now, as I said before, coming off of a tree, we look for apple, fig, grape, peach, whatever. But think about this. What's the only fruit that can have a man thinking that he's a god? There's only one fruit that has a man believing he's a god. It's called pride. 
And then now look at Jesus. After the spirit came to Jesus Christ. No, it wasn't a dove. It said descended as a dove. As a dove. Not a dove. As a dove. He was led by the spirit, by the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tested. When he got there, Satan gave him the same three the lust that he gave Eve. But what Jesus did differently, Jesus gave him back the truth that he already knew. Oh, this is good stuff. He gave him back to his remembrance. This is what happens when you have the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but guess what? That's not what the scriptures say. Now, I'm telling you right now, learning the kingdom of God is going to get you kicked out of many of the finest churches around the United States. People are going to start separating from you. People are going to start looking at you like you're crazy. People are not going to want to talk to you anymore. Because Jesus said that the, the, uh, um, the kingdom of God is going to separate mother against brother and everything else. It wasn't that literally you're going to go, go away. It's because when you start preaching like this and you start teaching like this, the people that have been in religion and all these things for years are going to look at you and say, no, you must be wrong because we've been doing it this way for a long time. They're going to put you out. But what we're talking about in Hebrews is the same thing we're going to talk about is sinning willfully and intentionally, resisting the Holy Spirit. Acts 7 and 51, you stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did also. It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me, let me. Let me let me wrap this up. First Thessalonians five and nineteen. Last scripture for the day. It says, Do not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. It's talking about grieving. It warns about grieving. Let the spirit work in you. Let it do what it's supposed to do. Let it bring you the knowledge of truth. The same knowledge that Jesus Christ preached about. Look and see what he preached. He didn't preach about Jesus. He didn't preach about this, this, these things that you can get, these things you're going to have. He didn't talk about, he said, in my father's house there are many mansions. Oh, my God, this is good. Amen. Uh, phone lines are open. Anybody got any questions or comments? Phone lines are open. Anybody want to add to this? Anything? All the phone lines are open. I know this is a tough teaching. It was very tough teaching for me to teach um, because I know when people hear it, it, it I'm going to lose more people, more friends. Dr. Mom. Sir? How you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, Mom. Okay, you uh, you said everything. We ain't got to do the same. We had we had a good uh, good class today. That's all. Uh, and we can't add a subtitle comment because all of it was good, and I appreciate it. I, well, I needed appreciate that. It. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, Mark, that was some good stuff, sir. Yes, sir. As I said, Isaiah, they're going to argue with anybody. You argue with the Holy Spirit. Argue with, argue with the Word of God. It came straight directly <laughs> from the Scriptures, and you lined it up well. Well, I sure appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much. That's something we really got to really get exactly what God is telling us um, through his spirit. Because, I mean, my son, I remember sitting in church with my son one day, and um, the, the pastor that was preaching, I can't remember where we were, but my son looked at me and said, he said, Pop, what is he talking about? He said, that's not, that's not right. And I was like, yep. Glad he was able to pick it up. Amen. Well, if, if nobody has any more questions or comments, I look forward to the Holy Spirit Part 2 next week, Thursday at 6.30. Um, and uh, I look forward to you guys. You know, um, we can even do an open forum where you guys bring a scripture and bring it and then bring a scripture and then you, you expound on that scripture about the Holy Ghost. I think I like that. I think I like that. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God, and we ask that you continue to lead and guide us to all truths. Father, we thank you because there is no one like you. You are our God, and we ask that you be, that we can be your people. Father, for far too long we have followed the ways of man and dismissed the ways of God. We have looked for an outlet to try to make ourselves feel good in a, in a difficult time. But just like your word says, Lord, you said that we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. And it doesn't matter where we are, what we go through, you will forever be a faithful God. Father, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you all and have a wonderful evening. Good night.
Hallelujah. 